0: Verse 3, please. Hallelujah. We lift you. We magnify you. Hallelujah.
1: Oh, somebody ought to lift their hands right now and give God glory and praise in this house. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad to be in church this morning? So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. What a powerful song that was just sang to us this morning. Wow. If we could only grasp the power that is in the name of Jesus, that in the name of Jesus, every knee bows, every tongue confesses that He is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. At His name every demon bows. At His name it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Every situation will cease to exist. When the name of Jesus is spoken. There is so much power in it. That God can take care of your situation today. If you believe that just shout Amen. Amen. This morning I want to take us to the book of Job chapter 14. And if the Lord would help me for just a few minutes, I'm going to dwell on those three words that were just on the screen there this morning. And that is the words transformed, transfigured, and transferred. In Job 14, he says, if a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my hard service, I will wait. How many of you can say sometimes life is hard? How many of you have been through some hard times lately? Some of you know what I'm talking about, hard times. But he said, all the days of my hard service, I will just wait. And I'm going to wait till my change comes. Somebody needs to know that your change is on the way. If you can just have patience, and if you can have faith, and if you can wait until your change comes, your change is coming. Uh, I was thinking about today, throughout our lifetimes, we think about from childhood all the way to adolescence to our adult years, uh, there are some important changes that are going to take place, that are going to occur in our lives. The changes that we experience uh, when it's any uh, distance at all or a move that's important, uh, some of those changes that are critical in our lives may be a new job. It may not seem like much to other people, but a new job is a tough venture, isn't it? It's a change in our life, it's a transition, but we understand that God is in the work, and those that trust in the Lord, that God's got everything under control. It is a change that's critical, it's when the kids go to a new school. I remember when we came from Newry to to Gap Hill here, one of our biggest worries was not the church, was not if people would like us, our biggest concern at the time was that we were going to take our kids, And we were going to change them. We were changing their situation. We were putting them in a new school. It was a critical change. I think that we went through a harder time with it than they did. Because kids can adjust to change. But us... We were fearful, we were worried, we were stressed about it for some time, had to give it to God. There are new relationships, that new boyfriend, maybe a new spouse that you just married, the new relationships, a new friend. There are changes that we go through. There are changes that we as individuals will experience. There's changes such as the loss of a loved one. As many of you already know, the McKinney's this past week who lost his precious mother uh, to death this week uh, My dear friend who was like a second father to me Ray Wimber and I'll be pray for me And his family as well but I'll be speaking at that Funeral service uh, this uh, Thursday I'll have to go to Hartsville To, to speak at that but it's when we lose our loved ones, it's a change that's so different. When we lose our mother, our father, uh, a spouse, a child even. Uh, thank God I've never experienced that. But to those that have today, my heart goes out to you. It's a change. It, it changes everything. Your life is never the same. From that moment, when it happens, everything changes. So you know what I mean when we go through these changes in our life that may be difficult. a matter of fact, there's some life changes that we go through. The addition of a newborn baby. Anybody ever been there? You, you think you're so excited to have this precious little thing until it wakes you up at 2 o'clock in the morning and it has to eat. Or it sounds like it's going to die, or at least it makes you think it's going to die by the way it's screaming. And you thought, man, thank God for this newborn baby until this. And then you give it to grandma and tell, it to, tell her just keep this thing for a couple of days. It is a life-changing experience because you've never been here before. You're you're a new mama. You're a new daddy. And so you, you've never heard a baby cry in the middle of the night. And then when number two rolls around, you are prepared and you are ready for it. But at first, it was a change that absolutely flipped your world upside down and There's something I'm learning as I grow older, and some of you may have learned as well. We are not very easy to adapt to change. A matter of fact, I would dare say that the older that we get in my experience, the less I adapt to change. In other words, what I'm saying is that there are things that we do not like. We We are very much creatures of habit. We have developed our own routine. A matter of fact, if I were to go with you, it would be difficult for some of you to try a new restaurant on Sunday. Because you've been going to the same one for 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Every Sunday, that's my restaurant. We go out and eat. We go to the same Mexican restaurant. Well, they open up a new Mexican restaurant down the road. Do you think we're going to go to the new one? Why would we? We like the one that we go to. Our people know us. When we go in, I went in to Ponchos and Liberty, That's kind our of, Central, and that's been my new little go-to here lately. I don't know why, but I just do. And, uh, and they already tell me what kind of drink I'm going to have, and they're learning the system. We've been in there long enough. I feel comfortable with that. They know what I want to drink. And so they normally will get it right. What I'm telling you is we don't adapt to change. Why would we go to a new restaurant? Why would we do it? We are creatures of habit. It is difficult for us to give up on our automobiles. Some of you fall in love with your car. And you say, I love my vehicle. I like driving it. I don't want a new car. I don't need a new car. Because I like the one that I'm driving now. See, we get into this habit of going to the same places. We do the same things. Come on somebody. We stay around the same group of people, Many times we isolate ourselves as if we're on a little island by ourselves. And when we isolate ourselves, we refuse to change. But change is something that we learn as we grow and as we develop. There are changes that are going to come to our life, whether we want them to come or whether we don't want them to come. In instance, death is one of those prime examples. We don't want death to happen. We don't want to lose someone we love. But death, somewhere down the line, it is going to hit your family. It is going to hit your it is going to hit your home and you better be ready because change is going to take place you have to be ready for it it's something we must do and you know when we try new things it's amazing because when we do try something new oftentimes we figure out that we like the new better than we even like the old so sometimes change can be a good thing, and I want you to see three changes today that are on this board or on this screen, rather, transformed, transfigured, transferred. One represents a change of life, one represents a change of likeness, and the last one represents a change. location so let's start with number one transformed is a change of life I'm going to say it again transformed is a change of life the basic understanding that every one of us are going to come to at some point or another is that we have to change listen to me no one in this building is born good I don't care what your mama told you or what your grandma said about you you aren't a perfect little angel you were not born good in their eyes. And, oh, they wouldn't do nothing wrong. Yeah, they do. Not my precious angel. Oh, my God, have mercy. Y'all to ask some of these school teachers in this building if they're all perfect. The Bible said, All have somebody say, All. All that may all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So everyone here today was born into sin. Yes, even the little innocent baby that is cradled in the arms of its loving mother. It is born with this sinful nature that through the years that nature is going to develop. And us parents aren't going to like it. Because over the years that little innocent precious little girl that was an angel that would never do anything wrong. Is going to be trying to sneak out in the middle of the night to see their boy. Oh, that ain't happening, Captain that precious boy that would never do that you thought he wouldn't all of a sudden he's sneaking around doing it you understand what I'm telling you the sinful nature that grabs a hold of us but the whole premise of the gospel my God I love it was this simply that God was going to send Jesus Christ into the world what would God be he would be the transforming agent that the world had been needing that simply means that he was going to come not only was he going to come but he was going Going to change the lives of everybody that he come in contact with. My God, none of us could enter heaven today had it not been for Jesus Christ, because none of us were worthy to go there. None of us of our own merit could have made it. The best illustration is Jesus with Nicodemus when he is talking to him about being born again, and Jesus says something that stuns this guy. He says, "Except the man be born again, he cannot and will not see the kingdom of God." What Jesus was trying to say is that a man must be transformed. He must be changed in order to enter the kingdom of God. God. I don't care if the man was baptized when he was seven years old and they took him into the church membership even though they weren't supposed to. I don't care about that. All that I care about is this. Has this man been changed by the power of Jesus Christ? Has God transformed him? My God almighty. See there's some people talking about I go to church. Oh yeah. I know Jesus. I love Jesus. But can I tell you today that if you have not been transformed by the power of God you you will not enter into heaven. That's what Jesus said. But he said to everyone that has entered into his rest, to everyone that gave their life to him, and he changed them. My God, aren't you glad that when Jesus changes you, everybody can see the difference? Your life is not the same. You have been Change. See, the Bible is replete, meaning it is full of examples of men and women who, who came under the transforming power of this guy named Jesus. I love it. You can read about the woman at the well. I won't for time's sake. It's in John chapter 4. Right after John three sixteen. we roll into the woman at the well. This woman is an adulterer. a matter of fact, Jesus told her I was looking it up while I was sitting in my office because I lost count of how many husbands she had. Oh, some of y'all will get that in a few minutes. And so I looked it up and it said, Jesus looked at her and he said, she says, but go get your husband. I don't have a husband. To which Jesus replies, I know you don't have a husband for you've had five husbands. And the guy you're living with now, you're shacking up with. Is is that plain enough? He says, the one that you're living with now, if we want to go King James Version, is not your own, meaning he's not your husband, but you're living with the guy. So she didn't have a good record, folks. But isn't it amazing that the transforming power of Jesus Christ, isn't it amazing that Jesus could preach to people like that, basically call them adulterers that are on their way to hell, and they need the change, tell them they're shacking up? That's offensive. You know, I mean, people are shacking up. You're talking about, oh, you better quit that, shacking up. That's the way we used to preach in church. I remember hearing that. They're like, you better not shack up anymore. You need to marry the person. Well, nowadays, that's offensive. Man, you're going to hurt somebody's feelings. Well, Jesus told that woman that you'd have thought she'd have threw the water in his face. <laughs> some of you got that. She was at the well, but some of you missed it. She'd have threw it in his face and said, you keep the bucket. I don't have anything to do with you. But isn't it amazing the transforming power of Jesus Christ? He looked at that woman, told her her sins. And next thing you know, this lady is running outside the city saying, come see a man that told me everything that I've ever done. And he still loved me even though I was an adulterer and shacking up with a man. He loved me anyhow. That lady's life was forever changed when she come in contact with Jesus. Mark chapter 5, the demoniac of the Gadarenes, you remember the story, Jesus is coming on the shore. There's a man that runs up to him. This guy is naked. He's running around naked. He is possessed with around 2,000 demons. His name, when Jesus says, what is your name? He says, my name is Legion, for we are many. Over 2,000 demons in this guy. But when Jesus Christ came on the shore, when his foot touched that land, all of a sudden the demons, we just sang about the powerful name of Jesus, and all of a sudden that man of the Gadarenes has been breaking fetters and breaking chains and and everything. Everybody's scared to go over there Because every time they try to He attacks them physically And wants to bring harm to them But here goes Jesus As his foot hits that side of that shore And when he hits it That man fell at his feet And said Jesus son of David Have you come to torment us But they recognize who he was What did Jesus do He said I've been sent by God To be a transforming agent I command these demons In the name of my son Jesus Christ Come out of him and at that moment at the name of Jesus every demon left his body the beautiful thing I love about this guy is he's walking around naked in the cemetery he's a lunatic see we got a lot of people walking around acting crazy today and we talking about they need mental health maybe it's a demon in them oh God have mercy I thought Facebook had already banned me this morning Brandon was having problems getting my thing to work but they didn't, thank you God. I said, it's probably something I preached last week. I don't know, I'm just waiting on it. What I'm telling you, maybe they got demons in them. Maybe that's why they're running around half naked. Maybe, I saw a guy the other day walking around in his, in his literally in like his underwear. He's just walking around town. I thought, what in the world have we come to? For you people that live in Seneca, that place is getting shady. I'm just going to say it. And he's walking around. I thought, what's wrong with this guy? Perhaps he's got a demon. When this guy had a demon, he's walking around naked. He is not in his right mind. He needs somebody to help him. He needs somebody to change him. Let's send him down to the doctor. Let's get him a psych evaluation. But Jesus knew and identified what the man's problem was. The man's problem was he just needed to come in contact with Jesus. And his mind would begin to think clearly again. My God, he'd see lightning. Oh, Jesus, help! I feel like preaching today. And all of a sudden, how do we know that the man's been changed? Because they come and they say, look, he is seated, he is clothed, and he is in his right mind. Don't tell me that Jesus Christ cannot take the most vile sinner in this world and change him. Jesus Christ came so that we might be transformed by his power forever changed. Mary Magdalene in Luke chapter 8. And I'll just flip through these really quick. She's got seven demons. History tells us she's possibly a prostitute she comes to Jesus and nobody's washing Jesus' feet but guess what Mary Magdalene did Jesus had cast out the devil matter of fact the Bible said that that Mary whom Jesus had cast out seven demons came into the room she begins to crack open the alabaster box pours on. she cries you recall the story she weeps until her tears fall on his feet and she takes her hair and she wipes them off of the feet of Jesus they said get that woman out of here You do you know what she is do you know What she's done And Jesus said none of you would wash my feet You leave her alone Because this that she's going to do today Brother Jimmy Perdue is going to be preaching on it Over 2,000 years from today Telling us about a memorial That she made for her Lord My God I wish somebody'd shout Amen What I'm telling you is Jesus can change you He changed her, Saul, the the church killer, the the guy that's the Christian killer. He's a murderer, but God changed him to Paul. You know his story, I won't waste your time. We all know it, but the point is he was changed by the power of Jesus Christ. Now I want to make it personal. This congregation today is a testimony of the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Every, people that are sitting in this building today You are a testimony Forget about going to the woman at the well Forget about the man at the gatherings. Let's talk about me and you for just a minute You remember who you used to be You remember how you used to live But don't you also remember the night Or the morning that you knelt down in an old fashioned Order and Jesus Christ Came into your life and you were forever Changed from that moment You used to cuss, you used to smoke, you used to Drink, you used to do all the things of the world But when Jesus came in Everybody knew he's a new man. You went to work and they said you look different. You know why? Because of transformation. Your life had been changed. My God, are there any testimonies today that could say, Pastor, I am not who I used to be. You ought to give God praise for that right now. Oh God. John Newton, the writer of Amazing Grace, was one of the most vile, simple men, hard man. He brought slaves in and out on slave ships. Matter of fact, he beat them. He he treated them so badly. Just to read, you read his biography, you read what he said he did to them. It's absolutely horrific. Not only was he prejudiced, not only was he racist, he hated them. He wanted to kill them and he would beat them almost to death. And then he'd take them and sell them as slaves. But one day Jesus came to John Newton and changed his life. And instead of beating the slaves that day, he grabbed a pen and he began to write, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. For I once was lost, but now I am found. I was blind, but now I see what is John trying to tell. I came in contact with a transforming agent and his name is Jesus Christ. He quit his slave trading that day because he had been changed by the power of God. See the Apostle Paul, look at 2 Corinthians 5:17. I love this verse. He says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, Ooh, this is good. He is a new creature. You are changed, you are different. For the old things are passed away. That's why it doesn't matter when people bring up your past. It doesn't matter when people talk about what you used to do and what you used to be. When you came to Jesus Christ and He transformed your life and changed you, the old things passed away and behold, all things. All things. My speech, what I look at, what I talk about, what I live, All things have become new. Point number one, transformation. It's a change of life. You are never the same. I want to say it this way. You will never be the same once you come in contact with Jesus Christ. So today, if your life is a shamble and you don't know which way to go, I've come to tell you there's a transformer by the name of Jesus Christ. And if you will come to him, you will never be the same. Point number two. Y'all ready? Point number two. Transfigured, let's go back to our title page, here we go So we transform, now I want to look at the word transfigured This means a change of likeness Now now notice with me, we are most familiar with this word From the experience that takes place on what is known as the mount of transfiguration Jesus takes Peter, James and John to the mountain While they're there and they're half drowsy and half sleepy And, and he tries to get them to pray with him And they're, just, they're always wanting to snore That's right It wasn't just us church people, it was the inner circle of the disciples that would fall asleep during church too. But all of a sudden, there is this bright light that shines out of the sky, appears there, and Jesus is standing there alongside Elijah and Moses. It is at that moment that they are transfigured before their face. And all of a sudden, the Simon Peter says it this way. He is so moved. that He says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you will do it, just let's let's make three tabernacles. We'll make one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. We will sleep, I guess, uncovered looking at the stars. Just let us stay in this presence, in this transfiguration. There's a change of likeness. Everything looks different. Listen, we can live on the mountain. That's what he's saying. Let us just live on the mountain. Let us stay here. But God wanted them to understand, and he wants us to understand that going to the mountaintop, like I preached with Moses last week, it's a great thing. But you cannot always live on the mountain. After a while, you're gonna to have to come down and keep journeying and traveling on. And you're you're going to go through a valley and you're going to go through another hardship. It is not all mountains. We cannot live on the mountains. So he tells Peter, you can't do this. But it is all at this transfiguration that the voice of God declares, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. I talked a little bit about this last week. And I'll say it again. In light of what we're talking about. A change of likeness. Everything looks different. How many of you know that the spirit world looks different than the carnal world? Do you understand that what we see in our flesh looks different than what we could see if we could get in the spirits? Oh my God. If we could really see what's going on in the spirit world right now. In some instances, it would scare us to death. The battle that's going on above us, even right now in this service, as angels of darkness and angels of light are fighting, trying their best. There's some of you out there right now that the angel of darkness, he's fighting because he doesn't want you to receive this today. He doesn't want you to hear this today. He doesn't want you to receive this word. And so he's trying his best to fight it off. But thank God for guardian angels. And and they're around you and they're fighting off. Say, oh, no, 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 devil. You're not going to cloud his mind or his judgment today. He's going to hear the word of the Lord and be a doer of the word of the Lord. Have you ever been in a service where the likeness of the room changed? Have you ever been in a service? You know, I remember right light of, of of doing a service this Thursday, I won't ever... Re- Forget the story that he told me when he was coming up And he had just gotten filled with the Holy Spirit And I remember him telling me That that he remembered being in a service With little bony-fingered Sister Johnson As he was crawling around on the front of the, uh, in front of the altar Crawling around on all fours And he was praying for God to baptize him in the Holy Ghost He was a Baptist boy Had never been filled with the Spirit Never spoke in tongues Didn't know anything about the Holy Ghost And so he's go- crawling around on all fours When all of a sudden he said Sister bony-fingered Johnson who was full of the Holy Ghost laid hands on him and when she did he said it was like a bolt of electricity that ran through his body and next thing he knows he's laid out in the spirit when he comes to he's speaking in an unknown language but this is what was so good I remember him saying in that testimony that he remembered looking up and when he looked up he said there was a haze a glory cloud is what they called it that had literally filled the sanctuary you read your Bible you'll find that there are times that the smoke of the Lord the cloud of the Lord would fill the temple and he said that night for the first time in his life he saw a change in the lightness. he saw a change in the atmosphere it's kind of like the Mount of Transfiguration everything is glowing, everything is changing and they see the glory of God as it is hovering over that congregation. Have you ever been in a service that it felt like it was different and you just wanted to stay there you didn't want to leave that moment my God somebody ought to help me. It's when you're singing those songs and, and the Spirit of God begins to move and and you feel something pulling at your heart string. And your eyes start watering up. And you don't understand why. That's the spirit of the God changing the atmosphere. He's changing the likeness of the place. It's a, it's a transfiguration taking place. Sometimes God does that for us. So what was it that got the attention of the disciples? Basically, it was that Jesus did not look the same anymore. In other words, once that heavenly light had shone upon him... There is a change, a transfiguration He no longer appears to be the human son of man But now they see Him as the glorified Son of God Did y'all get that? They no longer see him as a human son of man. They see him as a glorified son of God for the first time. For a moment the disciples got a glimpse of what it's going to look like. When immortality has to drop off and mortality comes on us. They understood for a moment what it's going to look like when corruption. It's going to put on incorruption. somebody And we shall all be changed. John the Beloved said it this way. Look at 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be. My God, I love this verse. But we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. What does that mean? We will be like Jesus. We'll have a glorified body like Jesus. We'll have a body free from disease like Jesus. We'll have a body free from the world's vile attractions. Which means we won't be tempted by sin anymore. Carnality won't matter to us anymore. Earthly possessions won't matter to Him anymore. We shall be like Him. I am talking about a change of of likeness. We're going to look different. Paul said in Philippians 3, I love this verse. I love all the verses I'm reading today. I'm just, I'm just loving them. Is that alright? But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. We are eagerly, I love that verse, we are eagerly waiting for him to return. I love this wording, as our Savior. He's not coming as a lamb. He's coming as the Lion of the King, tribe of Judah. He's not coming to be put on a whipping post. He's not coming to be beaten again. He's not coming to be that little mild lamb that's sitting there just waiting to be slaughtered. Yet he opens not his mouth. He's going to come out with a loud blast, with a loud roar. Everybody's going to look upon him. Those that pierced him are going to see him and recognize who he is. Because the glory of God is going to be shining all around him. He said we are waiting for Christ's return. We are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them. Transfiguration. He's going to change them into glorious bodies Like his own Using the same power with which he will bring everything else Under his control in the end times There's going to be a transfiguration A change of likeness A change of appearance Can you imagine what it's going to be like People coming out the grave But they're going to look different That's right Some of you say Pastor I've been dealing with ugly for a long time No more honey No more I've been dealing with balding for a long time. No more, Jimmy. No more. Not going to happen. Quite frankly, I don't even care if God gives me a wig in heaven. I'll wear a wig and be happy. huh? I'll shave my head and be happy. I don't care. All I know is I'm going to look different. But I'm going to look like him, so I don't care what I look like. I'm going to be in a glorified body. All right, I'm going to close with this. Here we go. Point number three. Transferred. Now, I love, I love this word. Transferred is what I really get excited about because it is about a change of location. Well, you that read your Bible, you ready to shout hallelujah? You ain't read in a while. Y'all, where he going with this? Where he going with that? (laughs) A change of location. Brian, there's one thing that I learned that one of the hardest things to do. After you get married and after you accumulate some stuff, is moving. This guy was nice enough to help me when we got ready to go to Gap Hill. He helped me. We moved the piano that should have took four men, but me and him being the mentally men that we are, we picked it up two men. We scratched the floor, yeah we did Scratched the floor, still messed up. But we got that piano in. Hallelujah to the Lamb. If there's anything that I hate, it's moving. I may stay here for fifty more years. I'm, I'm just telling you. I'm a, I'll be like, I ain't going nowhere. Yeah, yeah, Y'all be like, we're ready for you to go, preach. I'll be like, if you'll move my bags, then okay. But other than that, no, it ain't a uh, deal. Off. There is something about moving that, when I think about it, I went in our attic the other day, and I'm working now to get everything organized and to make more space in my attic. When I got up there, I almost go into this oh, panic attack thinking, my Lord, if I had to move all of this stuff and everything in this house into a U-Haul, whew, I, I go, I can't. It's tough. Anybody move lately? Some of y'all been living in the same house 30 years. You ain't got no idea what preachers are talking about. It's tough. And if you haven't done it in a long time, maybe you should try it. you figure out. Moving is tough. But I'm going to tell you, there's a move that I'm about to make. My God Almighty, I don't know when it's going to happen. But I'm telling you, when you get ready to move, it takes longer than you thought it was going to take. It costs more than you planned. It is more tiring than you expected, knowing that moving is a difficult task. But we as children of God are about to make a move any day now. When all of our possessions and our bags and our boxes and our beds and our cars and and our houses, they... Are going to be left behind. A matter of fact, we're gonna watch them and wave goodbye as we're leaving this world and going to the next. Everything left behind. Nothing is going but pure hands and a clean heart. We won't need that car that we're driving when we get to heaven. We won't need that house that we're living in because God's got a plenty of room and capacity on the streets. I've got somebody ought to help me preach today. We don't need none of these carnal earthly possessions. They will mean absolutely nothing. We will have Jesus Christ. See the next move ladies and gentlemen as I come to a close that we are going to make. It is going to be unlike any move that we have ever made before. Because the location in which we are going to. My God. It is going to be unlike anything that we have ever lived in before. My God Almighty. Whenever you're a pastor and you live in parsonages, I love on my own home, but many pastors today, they live in parsonage. And so they go from one parsonage to the next parsonage. Do I have any preacher kids other than my kids? Was anybody in here a preacher's kid, pastor's kid? Oh my goodness, bless your heart. Oh God. You move from parsonage to parsonage. Now me and my wife... (laughs) We're smart. We just invested money in the parson. We just fix it up for the next person. Love it. Just fix it up for the next person. But when you move from here to there, you, there's people I know. I've got friends that have made moves all the way across the state. And I'd be like, uh, they'd be like, do you think I should make the move? I'd be like, oh yeah, sure, sure. Do they have a parson? Yeah, they got a parson. Have you seen the parson? No, I haven't seen the parson. I said, and you're moving? You don't even know what they're putting you in? You might be in the outhouse in the backyard, Man. They moved, not knowing. I guess they take on Abraham. He moved, and he was going to a city he knew not of. He just went because God said, Go, all right? Maybe they're that spiritual, maybe I'm not. But anyhow, and so they're going from place to place. And you go from here not knowing what the next one's going to look like. But what I do understand is you could give me the fanciest house that six miles got to offer. And I'm not worried about leaving my earthly house behind. Because the next house that I'm going to have is going to be so much prettier, so much bigger, so much better. I'm not going to have to pay a light bill. Hallelujah, Nancy. No more light pill. No more having to worry about cooking. The marriage supper of the Lamb is going to be laid out. My God, I wish somebody... There's a place called heaven. I'm waiting for my transfer. And this move is not a move that's temporary. This is a move that I would like to call a permanent move. When John began the ride, he said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven. When first earth were passed away, there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. It was prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. He gives us a description. He says the streets are gold. The walls are jasper. The gates or the doors are made of huge pearls. There are crystal rivers that flow through that are transparent. You can see the bottom, but yet you can see yourself. There are mansions. There are so many mansions. I can't even tell you how many there are. The Biltmore house cannot even compare to what you're going to see in this place called heaven. I'm waiting on what Paul declared. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first in we which are alive and remain at the coming of the Lord. We will be called up to meet the Lord in the cloud. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. My God, you may say, I don't know if I'll like heaven or not. Well, I assure you that you're going to like heaven if. If you like a place where there is no more sickness, you're going to love heaven. If you love a place that you ain't got to deal with coronavirus or COVID-19 ever again. Then then you are going to love heaven. If you are ready to go to a place of no more mask. You are going to love heaven. If you want to go to a place that is no more death my God. God Almighty, I'm preaching one Thursday, but thank God if you like a place where mom and daddy and grandma and grandpa and your friends and your neighbors and your co-workers aren't going to die anymore, you are going to love this place called heaven. If you like a place where there is no separation, there's no more breakups, there's no more breaking hearts, there's no more losing friends, there's no more breaking confidence and breaking trust in heaven. If you like a place where there is no more sorrow, There is no more physical pain No more mental pain No more stress If if you like a place where there is no disappointment There is no more bad news There is no more bad text messages That you hate to get early in the morning Or or the phone call that you get of news Such as what I've talked about today If you like a place where there are no more tears whatsoever Then you are going to love this place called heaven Is there anybody else in the house That says, I have been transformed by the power of God. I've been transfigured. My likeness is different. Now all I'm waiting on is my transfer to that place beyond the blue sky. Somebody ought to shout, Amen. The songwriter got it right when he wrote the words, and he said, What a day it's going to be! When my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon His face, the one that saved me by His grace, and when He takes me by the hand and He leads me through that promised land, what a day that will be. What a moment that will be. What a moment that will be whenever we stand before Jesus for the first time. What a moment it's going to be when the one that we've put our faith in our whole lives, but yet we've never seen Him. We've seen Him in the trees. We've heard Him in the birds. We've heard him in our aggravating dog bark. We've seen him outside when the flowers bloom, whenever the spring is coming. We've seen him as the leaves fall. We've seen him whenever December rolls around, the snow is falling on the ground. We're trying to build a snowman. We don't know how to do it because we're from South Carolina. What a day it's going to be when we get to stand before this Savior and every crown that we have ever won Every soul that we have ever saved. Every soul that we have ever ever, uh, encouraged. And we get there and God says, this is your crown you've been a wise sword. you helped win this one to heaven you've got this one to heaven you take these crowns these are your rewards I'm giving them to you but what a moment it's going to be in heaven when we see him for the first time the one that we've never seen and we look at him face to face and we understand that we are in the presence of an unapproachable light like we talked about last week and when we see him in his glory as the son of almighty God and we begin to fall down on our knees and we take our crowns and we say God this crown I appreciate it but I'm not worthy of this crown you're the one that died for me. So you take that crown and at his feet millions and millions of, of crowns are going to be laying as we worship and thunderous sounds roll out of heaven like our sound system could never make. That's a place called heaven. That's where I'm transferring to. Oh my God, i got to quit. I've been transformed. Jesus has changed my life Forever. I've been transfigured Jesus has changed my look and just any day now I'm going to be transferred because Jesus is going to carry me to an undisclosed location I don't know where it is quite frankly I really don't care where it is just as long as I get there what I do know about this undisclosed location is this I has not seen your ears have not heard It has not even begun to enter into your heart. What God has prepared for all of those that have been transformed and transfigured by Him. When they're transferred there. It's going to be like nothing we've ever seen, folks. Are you ready? Let's stand in the house of God. So good to see everybody today. My God. Some new faces here today that I haven't seen. So it's good to see you. Today I want to encourage you. Hold on just a little longer. Wait until your change comes. I want to encourage somebody today. That if you've thought about giving up. And you've thought that you've just been through too much. You can't do it anymore. pastor is wanting to tell you today. Hold on a little longer. Help is on the way. Not only is help on the way. But Jesus is on the way. I said Jesus is on the way. And when it gets so bad in this world, we don't know what to do Chad. And we're saying, my Lord, what what do we do? We're going to look up and we're going to recognize that our redemption, it is drawing closer and closer and closer than it ever has before. We're going to understand at that moment That every battle we ever fought, every time we had to wait for God to bring our miracle, every time was worth it. Now that we've made it there. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, thank you for this congregation. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for meeting with us today. I want to thank you for transforming us. I want to thank you, Lord, that you changed our lives. We were sinners, we were lost, we were dirty, we were low down, we were no good. But oh, the day when you came into our heart. Help us remember that and praise you for it. A transfiguration, a change of our look. When people saw us, they recognized that we had been with Jesus. They recognized we had been in our prayer closet. They recognized that the Holy Ghost was in us. You've transfigured us. Now the only last step that we're waiting on is for you to transfer us from this old wicked world to that heavenly world in the sky. Help us to hold on until our change comes. For that we give you glory. In the name of Jesus.